0: Hey, my friends, thank you for joining me for another episode of Real Live Talk. I'm excited that you're here to check out today's conversation. My guest is Heather Carter. Heather Carter's back on the program for the second time. And uh, she began writing a few years back while she was battling leukemia. And uh, her honesty about her own struggle and her physical illness, as well as what she refers to as plagues of the soul, including things like anxiety, fear, comparison, resentment, control, so many other things has been really inspirational to many, many people. Uh, Heather currently has authored two books. She's a blogger, author, speaker, real estate professional, wife and mother of three. And uh, we had a really, really good conversation here, uh, really focused primarily on triggers. And I think that this is really going to bless you and uh, really add tremendous value to your life. So thank you so much for being here. I hope the content blesses you. And uh, yeah, join me in welcoming back to the program for the second time, Heather Carter. A lot of things have been going on, it seems like, since our last conversation. Congratulations on the new podcast. Um, You want to just give a a, a quick... uh, synopsis of what the new podcast is about
1: sure yeah i i just i love doing it so much it's a podcast called can i have a word with you and it is me and uh, my friend author and author bruce pulver he wrote a book called above the chatter our words matter and he and i met about a year ago is all i mean it's been crazy and we just had our friend anniversary not too long ago but the connection that we had because the topics that we talk about and write about um i write about them in my blog posts in soul selfie and he writes about them he he goes through uh he has about 365 words in his book and he does an acrostic to each word so we kind of just match up our topics and then so we pick in every episode is about 20 minutes, we pick one word and we just talk about that one word the whole time. And uh we we don't really do guests or anything right now because we're we just unpack the words that we are passionate about talking about. And um that seems to fill our time pretty quickly and we're both doing a lot of other things. So uh, it's been fun. We have, I think, mm, released maybe eight or nine episodes um, or at least recorded that many. We record a few at a time just for make our lives a little less crazy. But um, yeah, so it's been fun. I feel
0: like there's more than that. I feel, I feel <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I felt like there were at least double digits um, for the amount
1: that we've released.
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe, well, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm fucking crazy. I thought. Let me look <laughs> so yeah. I don't feel. Um, That's
1: right. You know more than me. I just I lose track of stuff. I, I try not to. it Sounds bad. And I know this isn't probably a great business plan, but I don't track very much of any of it because I just
0: No, you're totally right. I don't, don't know what I was it. thinking. <laughs> you're totally uh, right i don't know why i had a feeling because i've listened to uh several of them and i don't know why i was thinking that there were more than that um just i guess the content's just so good it felt like i was getting a a you know, or with, it's
1: like how um, most people feel with me, like, "Oh my gosh, you're so so many, so much." Oh my god! <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I think you've been talking for so many episodes.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. No, in my quick uh, eyeball, I think there's eight of them there, um, roughly. Mm-hmm. So, but so yeah, yeah there should this-
1: be one released tomorrow. Every two, they come out every Monday at midnight, basically. So every Tuesday morning, when you wake up, you should have one.
0: That's legit. Um, What's been just kind of so far? Well, first of all, I love what you're I I love that that concept. It's, uh, it's a it's a simple, straightforward concept. But I think it's really, really cool. And you guys have a chance to get into some really, you know, profound stuff by just focusing on one word and unpacking it. And uh, what would you say has been, I'm going to put you on the spot, maybe but your favorite part about doing the podcast so far?
1: Um, I just I, I love to talk about and expand on or maybe rehash a little bit about what I've already written about things that have been on my mind. And sometimes I think um, I'm I don't really I guess I don't think I'm the only one who really processes those things, but it's nice to find someone else who can kind of process that out loud with me. And it just kind of re-emphasizes the impact of what those words mean in our life and, and the different nuances to it. Cause we don't plan ahead. We just pick, we literally just pick three or four words that we're both maybe have written about in the past or words that have been on our mind that week and we just give each other the word and we agree on the word and that is it. And the rest of it is very, is organic. We don't edit any of it. Uh, We don't, we record it and we post it and that's it because we want it to be very real and raw. And Mm -hmm. um, so we, and we don't, so sometimes his view of that word is completely a different perspective than, than mine and then as we go, sometimes it also changes and different things pop in our head and we discuss those. So by the end, we probably could have a whole second podcast based on this new nuance of the word that we've kind of come to, you know, in talking and dialoguing about it with each other. So,
0: yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. It's, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Those, uh, those conversations that are just kind of, off the cuff and you see what happens and and you have a chance to I I love what you said there about processing through some of those things with somebody else and kind of knowing Mm -hmm. that, okay, there's another person on the other side of this that has experience with this as well uh, or has struggled with this as well or something like that. And uh, yeah, that's really, really cool. I love the authenticity. And and the same thing comes across in your books, uh, the way that you write. And uh, we talked a little bit last time you were here about um, your books, uh, Soul Selfie, and then Soul Selfie hashtag No filter, is it No Filter or No Filters? Mm-hmm. I just- no
1: filter. <laughs> no yeah. filter.
0: Okay, that's what I thought.
1: Oh, really, I, just- I mean, <laughs> there's
0: an S on the end or not? But anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, and uh that that's just kind of it's you know it came across last time you were on the podcast it's come across every time that we've had a conversation together just kind of that realness and that authenticity of who you are where you're not afraid to hold things back and uh you're just you're just so good at presenting the the real picture you know even if it kind of puts you in a light where you know people can see your flaws or your mistakes or something like that and uh mm-hmm. and i think that that's really good because it lends to authenticity always lends to, I think, trust and belief. And so people can kind of Mm -hmm. get behind that in a way that says, you know what, I can I can actually learn from this person. And so I I think that that's uh, that that's really cool. I wanted to just ask you before we move on from this, um, has there been one one episode or one word in particular that you've either really enjoyed unpacking? or on the other side that was kind of particularly challenging for you to unpack?
1: Um, I don't know that I have any specific ones that were my favorites. The ones we started off with were words that we both either struggle with or Mm. talk about repeatedly in our writing and for me, particularly with my blog. But um, so the first ones were like control, we did a lot of c words. Actually, we had like control, change, contentment, mm-hmm. comparison, Cons- comfort, comfort. Yeah, and uh, those are definitely repeat themes for me. The control issues, for sure. I think I might have mentioned when we did our talk last time that when my husband was proofreading my book when it came out, you know, it's it's really designed as a daily reading type of book but he had you know to to edit it you kind of sit down and read it all in a couple of days time and he finished it and i said how 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 was it and he's like good i did not realize that you have some pretty consistent control issues because <laughs> like every other post is about control control mm-hmm. and i'm like yes that would probably be true so i think those are good ones for me to unpack because they are pretty consistent themes for me the mm. control issues and comparison man that's a big one for me
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah <laughs> Doing, we definitely talk- podcast <laughs> with people it's so hard to not compare even with Bruce who I adore I'm like man I feel like any day he's gonna cancel me like because <laughs> he's gonna like cancel. he's way too you know he's up here and I'm just like this little lowly person on his oh, head, kind of thing <laughs> we should do I want to do one on cancel that would be a good cancel word
0: cancel culture cancel Can- mm.
1: <laughs> you gotta be careful on that one since we don't edit them you yeah. know you got to be careful what you say but I feel like that would be a really good thing to unpack mm. cancel
0: yeah for sure yeah no it's a big uh that's a big deal in our society today for sure a lot mm-hmm. of people would resonate with that one um yeah. well uh, just one more time, mention the name of the podcast and where people can find it, just in case we forget to do that later.
1: Yes, it's called Can I Have a Word With You? And it is on the best place I, places, I think, and easiest places to find it would probably be on Anchor or Spotify. I think those are the main, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Very cool. So,
1: yeah, pretty easy to find. They very come out cool. every, the day. every Tuesday.
0: Every yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, very good um yeah wonderful well thank you for for sharing about that i'm pumped uh about it and uh I'm, I'm glad you guys got it got it launched and off the ground and um yeah i'm excited for where it's gonna go super cool um Thanks. i guess is there is there any fear that it that eventually you run i guess there's no fear that you would eventually run out of words right like yeah. there's so many what well, you said he's already yeah. got so many on reserve and, yeah uh, yeah Pretty no, limitless no supply fear
1: whatsoever. If anything, like yeah. I feel like we could do one every day. There are just so many. Yeah. But w- the way our brains work too, every word someone says, I, I think, oh man, that could be a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got lots of words.
0: Um, and last time you were here, we did spend some time talking about control, and we talked about some of these things and, and really a, a lot of what you kind of um, divulge in your in your books, um, in your writing is your your own experiences with what you call plagues of the heart. And mm-hmm. again, you do that in a very authentic way, um, where you know, you talk about your own struggles, and then, uh, you know, struggles and victories, I think and just experiences mm-hmm. in general, right. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about last time you were here that we didn't really I don't think we've mentioned, I don't think we had any any chance to, we just didn't have the time to get into it. I wanted to talk to you about triggers. That was one of the things that I read about um, in your most recent of of the two books. You talk about triggers. And so, yeah, we'll see where where we go from here. But I wanted to just kind of um, jump off there and and see if we can spend a little bit of time talking about uh, specifically triggers. And so if we could, just as we start off, how, how do you look at, what is a trigger? How do you define that kind of in your you know, in your own words?
1: Well, I was kind of looking up my uh, post that I wrote about this called Trigger Happy. Mm. And uh, I sometimes I write things and I'm like, I don't remember that. I'm like, that's pretty good. I so I'm just going (laughs) to read the definition of that because I thought that is something I need to actually remind myself of. Um, I said a trigger is anything that diverts me from where I am intending to go and gets me all turned around sideways and lost in a bad part of my mind that is not safe to go alone. Mm. And sometimes the triggers are things I know are coming. Like, for example, today actually is my 30-year wedding anniversary. What? And that, <laughs> yeah, that can be a good trigger, but it can also be trigger some, you know, 30 years. You know, I said to my husband, we need a shirt today that just says we made it because Mm -hmm. that's sometimes about all you can uh, celebrate. You know, I mean, we have a great marriage, but we've been through a lot of hard stuff. Um, And so it can be a day that I can choose to let it trigger some beautiful memories. It can also be a time where I might think through some of the hard stuff we've been through and that Mm -hmm. could trigger some emotions in me that I um, could make me sad or emotional. So, you know, there's a lot of things in life like that. And um, there's another blog I wrote one time called Smells Ring Bells Mm -hmm. and just about how smells can trigger. Yeah. um, Memories and times of our life. Uh, I remember I had just started a job at a construction company as the secretary and I went, they showed me around and they took me into the woodworking room and there was sawdust smell in there and I started crying and that's just a great thing to do on your first day of work, by the way.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but
0: (laughs) I did that on my first day of school. I, was did. Five, though. <laughs> I wouldn't. Let yeah, my mom I was leave. not.
1: I was. That's like 35. one of my
0: my first, like, most vivid memories was like me in school, like, not <laughs> letting my mom leave and crying. Yeah, yeah, that was me. That's how my life well, started. Anyway,
1: <laughs> well, it was because my grandfather used to own a cabinet shop, and my grandfather has passed, but that uh, we hung a, out a lot in there and played and helped him at his office and stuff and smelled that sawdust. And so that sawdust smell really triggered these Mm. memories of my grandpa and his passing Mm. and stuff. So there's so many in our life of these triggers that come along and we have, so, you know, we have choices about how we handle those.
0: Yeah. What are some of like the really common triggers in terms of general, in general, right? Like there might be a specific form of one of these things that would you know set somebody off but what would you say are come some of the common things just to give some examples of what might you know be something that would trigger somebody to respond emotionally in a negative sense
1: mm-hmm. well i do like i said it definitely smells at least for me uh they that smells ring bells actually was an article i had re- read about how those things um, you know, you know, springtime or, you know, balsam Mm. candles make you feel like feelings of Christmas and however you feel about Christmas time, that kind of thing. Um, and then our memories associated with those times, um, Mm. for me, um, sometimes it's just people, you know, uh, the other day, actually, I have a really good example for us. Um, my husband and I went to a a small town to just kind of do something fun on the weekend, something different. And as we started walking down the street, we could see a group of people there. And they were people that um, used to be our friends and aren't anymore. And there was some pretty painful stuff associated with those people. And we just had to kind of walk right by. And man, that, that easily, a couple years ago if that would have happened it would have hijacked my whole day and Mm. the feelings and the anger and the resentments would have come flooding in and i probably would have been mad at my husband for the rest of the day because of those memories and all this stuff and um we both acknowledged it and we just kind of gave it to god and kept you know and said a prayer one of the prayers i pray for people Granted, this takes some time to get to this place. So I'm not definitely. I used to pray things like, God, let him go to yep. heaven tonight, kind of thing. <laughs> that was the prayer. But. Like um, those
0: Davidic prayers. Yeah.
1: Yes. Kind of a lot of prayers from the Psalms, like God smiting people and things mm-hmm. like that. I used to pray more of those kind of prayers. But when I'm spiritually fit and connected to God in a better way, I pray that God gives them all the good things in their life that I want in mine. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really hard to do because sometimes yeah. it's not true. I don't want, I want them to suffer. I want them to lose their job and their house and their, and all, all of it. And I want them to get fat and whatever. I want bad things for them. And so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want them to go to their high school reunion and get booed or like. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Some yeah. really really mature thoughts but um
0: very christian very
1: christian yes exactly so we we are in a better place now that we've have some tools that we use to get us through some of those other kinds of triggers so we don't have to be sad for three or four days or let it hijack our afternoon together you know Mm -hmm. we got to give those things to god and trust that he has a plan in it all and Yeah. Simple, but not easy to do.
0: Yeah. Well, let's 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 talk about that one specifically a little bit. So with people. Mm -hmm. So if you've got people in your life that, you know, because for some for some people, it it could be as simple as just hearing the person's name. You know, in conversation, Mm -hmm. somebody they might not even be talking about that, Mm -hmm. Emily, but you hear the name Emily come up or in Emily on TV Mm -hmm. and it just kind of like sets you off in your brain because this person named Emily 87 years ago, you know, did whatever to you. And there's this negative, you know, memory that triggers your emotions. Right. So Mm -hmm. specifically on, on that one, when we're dealing with people, there's a person in your life or that used to be in your life that you know, is, you know, you, you, you understand that this person is um, somehow connected to something negative and it's setting you off in some way. So what would you say you mentioned being intentional about praying for that person in a way that's mm-hmm. not evil, but but that's seeking their good, um, <laughs> not evil. You, is that a good first step or would you say that there's some other things involved in there? Like, what are some steps that you can take to kind of start to experience freedom in that in that area?
1: Well, yeah, definitely praying for them. in fact, there's a it's actually it's from the big book of A.A. And they talk about, um, it was a, a pastor, actually, someone was saying, you know, I resent this person. And he said, okay, I want you to, you know, actually they weren't even resent using that word. They were like, I, mm-hmm. I hate this person. And he, they said, um, the pastor told this person to pray for them every day, that God gives them all the good things in their life that, that you want in yours. And so he said every day for the next 30 days, I want you to pray that prayer. And so he did prayed it, prayed it, prayed it, prayed it. And he said, by the end of the 30 days, he didn't have those hateful feelings anymore. And that person actually ended up buying a house and living next door to him. Um, And so he's like, imagine if I would have hated this person. And now he's living next door to me. And by the time that happened, you know, God had changed his heart on the matter. And that's really the best You know, I think the triggers and then when I in my post where I talk about being trigger happy, it's that instead of seeing these triggers as triggering painful, bad things, we can be trigger happy in that we know that it turns us back to God. It's a Mm. it triggers us to look at how God sees people. It triggers us to surrender the situation to him, triggers us to turn it over and let him um, exact the punishment if that needs to happen. You know, you look at Joseph. Um, I read a terrible book. It was a good book, but terribly annoying book. One of those kind you want to throw across the room a lot called Total Forgiveness. And it's the story of Joseph and how he not only did he have to continuously forgive his brothers but Mm. and that we need to do that but you have to not let other people know what they did and you have to keep that up for the rest of your life like (laughs) it's not just enough to forgive them right you you don't talk about it to everybody you don't let everyone else know how you've forgiven this ex situation that you don't talk about it and i'll tell you I had a lot of situations that were had been boiling inside of me for a long time when I got um, leukemia, which is what triggered me writing my blog posts. And there were some people that I thought, you know, I can't tell you how many times I thought, all I have to do is drop the name. I mean, I'm writing a blog, and there are 20,000 people reading this to pray for me. All I have to do is drop that name, and like, I'll be you know, vindicated from this, Mm, these things these people have done to me, I can use names and I can like get vengeance or whatever. And Mm I, of course, never did it. And I prayed very, I prayed a lot as I was writing, because I wanted to be able to write about it, because that's important for me to process. And it's important for other people to hear it. But I was very cautious to never get so close to describing it that anybody could figure out Mm who I was talking about or what specific event I was talking about because that is not God that's not Godly it's not Mm -hmm. what I'm setting out to do it was very tempting I'll tell you that but I I try very hard not to do that because that's not that's not good for anybody and that's not what you know God loves those people too i don't understand how sometimes but that's not my problem (laughs) people probably don't understand how he loves me the way he does either so
0: yeah it's um yeah when if if we're really gonna forgive it's uh, like you said it's really it's giving up that right that you have you know it's and and from a human standpoint Mm -hmm. you're justified In Mm -hmm. holding on to that resentment and that anger and that bitterness, and you'd be Mm -hmm. justified to an extent. You know, we could find ways to justify putting that person down or letting everybody know this is what this person did, or this is who this person really is, or you know, whatever. And, you know, we can find justification and we can find people to come around us and, and you know, pat us on the back and stroke our ego and say, oh, yeah, you did yeah. the right thing. And, you know, we can feel good for a season, um, uh, you know, about taking matters into our own hands, so to speak. But real mm-hmm. forgiveness is letting go of the of any kind of a right that you think you have to hold that thing against them any longer. Because what you're saying is to forgive somebody, you're saying I, I release you from the penalty of what you did wrong to me. And, and and this becomes tricky when we start talking about, you know, really sinister things, terrible things that people have done. This is where you know people start to have a problem. Well, like, no, I can't forgive. I can't let this go because what they did is not OK. And I agree with you 100 percent. What they did is not OK. Right. You know, like to say that I forgive you is not me putting my stamp of approval on what you did. It's saying what you did was actually really not OK. But because of who I am and because of what God's done in my life and the forgiveness that I've received, I'm choosing to respond this way because love trumps this Mm -hmm. love, trumps hate, love, trumps, you know, resentment, love trumps this, this thing that you did to me. Um, And so, yeah, that that holding on to those things, though, it's again, it comes back to, I, I think, that issue of control that we talked about last time, where it does. It gives us this kind of sense of it helps our pride feel good, which is negative. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not a good thing, but it does. It helps us feel good in a negative sense. And that's why it's it can be so hard to to get rid of that, you know, and and we and again, we can really feel justified by holding on to those things.
1: Yeah, it is. It's a you know, one of the other posts I remember writing was about is called turbo resentments. So those are like the extra big resentments. And the reason that I had it was the same thing, kind of that trigger as I was, I'm a realtor. So I was in, I driving, in showing houses and I drove into this small town and a couple people that had hurt me live in this town. And I remember thinking as I was driving around, I'm like, I hate this town. Why would anyone want to live in this town? The people in this town are pretty terrible. You know, I'm just bashing the whole the whole town because of these people that lived in this town i'm like okay that's a pretty serious resentment when you're you're holding a whole town responsible (laughs) for like two people's maybe selfish behavior and then i called my husband and i told him this and he's like you may have a problem with resentment i'm like oh you think figure that out that's Mm. helpful and then about two seconds later, a car drove by and I was like, oh, I won't tell you what kind of car it was, but I was like, I hate that car. All yeah. Not only do I hate that town, I hate that car because they drove that kind of a car. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'm I'm holding a town and all brands, all cars like that <laughs> responsible, you know, for these people's behavior. That's yeah. a pretty serious. Yeah. Um, problem. (laughs) So yeah, uh, I write a lot about forgiveness and resentment and all that good stuff because um, we're all presented with opportunities to be resentful every day. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I know that that's a big block that gets in the way of me being connected to God. And that's really what it comes down to is like the forgiveness is no favor. I'm not doing it for anyone but myself and so that I can be and for God so that we can have that connection without anything in between if if I hate your kids and start talking bad about your kids and I hate them how are you and I going to be able to be close Cause you know, I, no. I can't stand yes. your kids. <laughs> and that's right. kind of what it's like with God It's like, I am telling him, I, I know you created them yeah. and I know they are kids, but they're really obnoxious kids. And Mm-mm. I don't even want to be around them. I can't stand them. Like, how is that going to create um, intimacy with me and God? And so I don't want right. to put things in the way that will block that intimacy, even if it is justified, like it's not worth it to me. It's not worth the baggage and the carrying all that heaviness around to hold on to that resentment. You know, it's not, and it's not an option. It's just not an option. God says, forgive how I forgave you unconditionally. It's, it's like a non-negotiable thing. It's just a matter of how and when are you going to do it? Not if it's not an option, if you're a Christian person and it's not beneficial, even if you're not a Christian It's not beneficial to hold on to that resentment either it makes people sick
0: yeah yeah when you do it it actually it's it's a very practical way that we represent the father you know we represent Mm -hmm. the love of the father when we forgive because it's what he did for us Mm -hmm. and as you were explaining that about holding the town responsible for these two people Mm -hmm. and you know, I, I can't even look at that make or model of car because of this. I just had this kind of picture in my mind of the way that resentments and bitterness and unforgiveness and these things can really start to erode the the fabric of your life. Like,
1: mm-hmm. like if you
0: think about this is the territory of my mind and little by little because of th- these things that I'm refusing to let go, like there's a whole town I can't even go to anymore. There's right. a whole group of cars I don't even like I'd never buy that kind of car. And then maybe like those things start to, it, it, you know, kind of filter their way into other areas. And so I'm losing like territory of of where I can actually experience joy in life.
1: Yeah. And so You're what you said hostage. there about.
0: Held hostage. Yeah. Yeah. Like what you were saying there about. Um, it being for for me, like it really being like when I when I forgive, I'm making a choice to to stop myself from being held back because I need to experience freedom. God wants me to experience freedom in my life. And, you know, me refusing to forgive somebody or hold something against somebody like ultimately, what is that doing to that person? It's really it's 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 affecting me. It's affecting my mind. And it's really robbing me of so much of the goodness that God really wants to uh, that God wants me to enjoy and have access to, you know.
1: Th- you yeah, know, there's so many triggers, again, that we can, if we don't surrender them to God and we we can do like what I was saying, they, they hold us hostage. So we can't experience life to the fullest, either emotionally or even physically. I mean, this is so embarrassing. I can't even believe I'm going to tell you this story, mm-hmm. but I... I went through a period and it's probably just alleviated in the last year or so where every place I, every building or store or restaurant I went into, my first thing I did was scan the room. Mm. Is there anybody unsafe here that I, and, and I have left Target. I have left places that I needed to go to because I saw a person that was mm. scary to me and um <laughs> one time i went to a restaurant and i was I think i was picking up food and as i walked in i could see a couple people over here eating together that were scary people in my mind and so that i had resentments about and um the people i was up front, and I said, um, I have an order for Heather. I'm kind of hiding behind this sign so they can't see me. Like, they aren't thinking about me at all. That's the other thing. The other people right. are not thinking about you. You are the only one <laughs> worrying about yeah. this situation. And uh, they probably didn't notice me because, guess what? They're not looking around for scary people. I am. So, I, they say, Your soup is ready, and you'll have to go to the back and pick it up. And I'm like, I can't do that. They're like but that's where you pick it up I'm like well you're gonna have to bring it up here because i because i wasn't gonna walk past those people so i yeah. like made them hand it to me and then i just kind of took my soup and ran out the door <laughs> like i wouldn't even go pick it up where i was supposed to because i didn't want to see yeah. them and that's you know my counselor's like heather you know you are you're held hostage by all these resentments they're not holding you hostage mm-hmm. you are allowing these uh, this unforgiveness and bitterness to control your freedom i couldn't freely go around the city where i live without worrying about who i would see and that's that's a terrible feeling Mm. and it's embarrassing to admit that but i i did and uh i worked through it we went through some really hard stuff in our town and most people who probably go through that move away and we didn't. We stayed. And I'm so grateful because I have a lot of friends who move away when that kind of thing happens. And then they're just, they live with that rooted yeah. resentment down in there. But for me, I had to face it day in and day out until I could let it go. And I do feel mm-hmm. like I let it go. I didn't run away when I saw those people sitting outside. I didn't force my husband to turn around and go a different direction, which is exactly what I would have done a couple of years ago. It was like, we are going back. We're hiding. And I'm like, we're not hiding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna, yeah. it's on. gonna walk past. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you brought up another really important issue, which is, you know, when we, t- when we start talking about these issues, these plagues of the heart, as you call them, mm-hmm. you know, we start talking about these things. Like I could, if I want to avoid this person or this situation that reminds me of something, you know, that triggers negative emotions in my life or that causes me to act erratically or whatever it might be. So I, I want to avoid this. So maybe I need to change my, my job. Maybe I need mm-hmm. to move to another city. Maybe I need to maybe I need to sell the car that reminds me of that thing or, you know, and, and I can do things to get the thing out of my life. And I think that in, su- in extreme cases, there's probably a place for that, right? Yeah. But if all I'm doing is changing my surroundings, but I'm not dealing with the issue of the heart, eventually that thing, because that root of it is still there, right? So if I'm just dealing, I'm just clipping the branches, basically, I'm, I'm clipping the, the leaves off, changing what it looks like on the outside, but I'm not dealing with the root eventually that thing is going to pop back up somewhere else. Right. Like there's going to be something else that either reminds me of it or it's going to come out in some other kind of a way. Um, would you say that that's yeah, accurate?
1: Yeah. And I think that those when you let those things fester, they, you know, kind of like the disease of addiction, like it's progressive. It's all progressive and unless you address it it just grows and grows and grows and gets darker and deeper and has its hold on you more and more Mm. so yeah you may not know exactly where it came from but you know think about that all the time people act in ways that are um vengeful or rageful or um, cruel because of how they were something that happened to them when they were a little kid or what something mm-hmm. their parents did. So there, there are deep seated things in there. We can't, you know, just cause you move out of your house doesn't mean that you don't have issues with parents. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's with everyone else, it's the same thing. Like it's not recovery by relocation. It doesn't, that doesn't always work. Sometimes you do need to mm-hmm. change your people, places and things, but that you still have to address the, those root issues in your yes. heart. So, you know, you know, yeah, that, I would say so.
0: maybe make an adjustment there, like on the people's places and things, as you said, so that you could kind of be in a little bit more of a free space where you can focus more on yourself. But then when you're in that sort of safer space or more, you know, comfortable environment, then you still got to deal with it. Right. Like it like yeah. maybe maybe that just kind of puts you in a place where you're a little bit more capable of working through that thing or dealing with that thing. Um, But but yeah, but it still has to be dealt with. Because as yeah, yeah, as you said, you know, it can, it's not just gonna, it it could sit there lie dormant for a while, so to speak, and eventually Mm -hmm. come out in an even more explosive way. Because it's really just kind of been sitting there festering, and you've just been ignoring
1: it. Right. And we tend to create lenses. So sometimes we makes us skeptical of other people, uh, because of unresolved things with previous friendships. You know, we see that in, especially in like, um, uh, romantic relationships, you know, you have a bad experience with this person. So you kind of project it onto the next person and the next person and the mm. next person, instead of getting to the bottom of why maybe that happened with that specific situation. Um, you know, just yeah. like they say, you know, wherever you go, there you are. You know, you can go wherever you want, but you still got you to deal with.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like when you're on your job, just as an example, your job and everything's bad and you're, you know, everything's bad and it's frustrating. And so you just leave. Then you go to your new job and you find out that the problems are still there. So you leave that job and you go to another job and you find out they still have the problems. At some point, you got to recognize maybe maybe you're the problem or maybe you're not the problem. But maybe these problems exist everywhere and you've got to learn how to deal with them. Or maybe, you know, I think that there's something real. This is something we would talk about in ministry and like in church settings a lot where, you know, a lot of people, they leave churches because they've experienced some kind of a. Uh, you know we call it church hurt they've been wounded by leadership or by people or you know whatever whatever happened and so if there's some kind of a wound there that's that's not dealt with I'm gonna leave this church because the spirit's not right and and so so I go and I go somewhere else and what I don't realize is that I'm taking that 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 thing that's in me and and I'm not and I'm not saying you know if if you were you know mistreated or something like that I'm not I'm not condoning that either but I'm just saying like there's something there that that needs to be dealt with. Otherwise, you're going to take that with you into the new place and you're going to be at, kind of like what you said, like in that mindset of walking around, scanning the store, scanning the environment like you're going to have that kind of like a, a suspicious spirit or you know whatever you want to call it, where you're kind of like judging people. And because it's all flowing from, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks out of the heart in proverbs four out of the out of the heart flow the the issues of life or spring the issues of life we we live out of what we have in our heart and so if i've got this issue of bitterness resentment or whatever that thing is always going to fester there until i deal with it and it's going to begin to express itself in other ways and so i'm going to start putting things Mm -hmm. on other people other churches other jobs other families whatever i'm going to start putting things on people And and not just holding myself hostage, now holding other people hostage to Mm. this this thing that's going on on the inside of me, even though, you know, they had nothing to do with it.
1: Oh, man, I love that. And I like how you talked about, you know, when we get that kind of a lens or that perspective, then Mm. it is like you come in instead of look, scanning the room for the fruits of the spirit for people who are for love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, Mm self-control, faithfulness. We, we scan the room for suspicious people and untrustworthy people. And you tend to find what you're looking for. You know, if you're always looking for that, you're going to find that. But if you train your brain to look for the good things, um, you're gonna find those too and you yeah. see that like you said people who hop churches or relationships or whatever you're just you're looking to catch people doing the wrong stuff instead of looking for the beauty inside people you you know tend to find what you're that's looking so for good.
0: that's so uh, good yes that's so true
1: mm, you you mentioned that.
0: before when you were talking about um going into that particular town and having those thoughts of oh this town is the worst I hate this place, um, because of you know some people that were there right. W- were you cognizant at the beginning of why you, like like were you were you aware in your mind of I hate this town because of these people or were those was that just kind of something that was happening in your mind? Like, it, do, you, do you get what I'm saying there? Like, yeah. were you, no, were you I was, aware I was in the moment that it was your hate for those people or, yeah. you know, whatever it was, resentment for those people that was fueling yeah. you to, you know, have that negative response to the town itself?
1: No, I was pretty aware because I, I knew I had to, I remember it was the first time I had to show houses in that town and I was already like I was pre-triggered, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Even okay. as I was pulling into town, I'm like, "Oh, why are God? Why are you making me do this?" And I think that is, you know, we all connect with God when things are going well. We're like, "Oh, thank you, God." But we, you know, I'm very intimately intertwined with God when I, when things are hard. And so if I can use these times of these pain points and these triggers, instead of seeing them as negative and fearing them, I can use it as an opportunity to surrender something to God and and draw closer to him. And so in that way, those triggers become opportunities to just build on that relationship and let him create a track record of taking care of me and taking care of my soul. Mm. You know, even in all those hard things, um, I don't want to do them again, mind you. But I also know that I wouldn't have the new friends I have if it weren't for losing some of those old friendships. I wouldn't have the different perspective on life if I was still doing my life the way it was a few years ago. Even though it was really hard to lose it, Um, I found some things that were better in many, many ways. And I like the person I am better now, you know, my sense of justice definitely can get in there and still make me mad about all of that. But really, I see that those things had to happen in order for God to, um, like you know even with my leukemia i remember i think i mentioned last time my sister-in-law said it's like god used cancer to root out a cancer in you that has nothing to do with cancer and i think he got rid of a lot of cancers in my life and um rooted out some things that i would have never been willing to just let go of and he had to take them because they needed to they just needed to go um so you know, it's, it's not always fun, but it's sometimes necessary. And in hindsight is, is better. It's Mm. better.
0: Yeah. That's really profound about, you know, taking those things that do trigger you and allowing Mm -hmm. them to become kind of a, um, a, a meeting place or, you know, with God, you know, a- allowing those negative things to become a catalyst for communion with God or a catalyst for intimacy or even just to have a conversation with God about it instead of just is, is that is that what you mean by trigger happy or is that something else? Is that kind yeah. of that process of of shifting from this thing is affecting me negatively emotionally and this is my response? Because I think I think a trigger generally leads to a response and so if, if i'm i come under a certain kind of pressure or stress or something like that it might lead me to just get into you know fear and, and get into a pity party it might lead me to go to the kitchen and grab some cookies and you know grab some cake and ice cream and you know might lead me to do that it might lead me to amazon where i'm going to go buy a bunch of stuff that i don't need because it makes me feel good it might lead me to call somebody up on the phone and to talk bad about some like all these negative things. Um but to kind of go through that process of of recognizing that the and, and really what that is is it's a reward. It's a it's the 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 it I'm getting this trigger. And so there's this I'm kind of rewarding myself with something that's gonna make me feel temporarily good or it might not even make me feel good, but like I'm in control right um which is its own kind of sadistic feeling of good sometimes (laughs) i think but but uh yeah so that process if you could talk about that of of moving from you know the things that trigger us to becoming trigger happy that's that's really profound if you could elaborate on that
1: um well i just i've (laughs) i've had a lot of hard things happen over the past few years and i've had to learn to do that, to let those things trigger me turning to God. And I don't do that perfectly. And I always do that right away. Um, I feel like um, as I learn and grow that the space between the trigger and all that nonsense until I Mm -hmm. figure out, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot, you know, I can surrender this to God and and move on and say a prayer for them and all that like the space is shrinking which is good it used to just be you know days hours days whatever and and a lot of other um quick fixes like oh i'm just gonna have a glass of wine or i'm just gonna have some Hmm. ice cream or i'm gonna uh do something i'm gonna watch some netflix and pretend it didn't happen um right i did a lot of that first and then I'd eventually come to this place of surrender and so now I feel like the space between when that happens is is shrinking at least Mm. you know sometimes pro is progress not perfection you know um yes but the reality is we grow most in hard things that's just the truth of it you know anybody I talk to who has started a podcast or written a book or whatever it's usually not just because their life's so amazing they have to talk about it. It's that mm-hmm. something hard has happened. Um, someone They've lost a job or they've lost a child or they've lost a relationship or they've lost their health and they've surrendered it to God in some way and they want to share it with someone else. But it usually comes from something pretty challenging, pretty difficult. Um, I know all the things that I've done have been a result of really painful things.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you, you take the, I guess, you know, to to move from the, the pain point, to where it can eventually become something that you know, you met, you mentioned that uh, with, um, you know, I don't know if you want to use this example, or or something else, whatever, whatever works for you, but you talked about that example of, you know, moving I have from so many examples avoiding, right, <laughs> <laughs> of, uh, of just avoiding certain people that you know, you'd see in the store or something like that. and And it would just kind of cause you to think like, Oh, this, this might be an unsafe situation. And so avoiding things where you eventually moved beyond that to where you're able to um, be there without having to to run away, right? You're able to live your life. You're able to you know experience freedom in that area. Um, so, yeah, like I guess just um, if you could give an example, maybe of of like what it looks like to go from this thing is negatively affecting me every time I smell this thing, or every time I go to this place, or hear this mentioned, or whatever. It's it's triggering me in a negative way. So how do I begin to take that negative thing and eventually replace it or get get to the point where it's not causing me to respond negatively, but where I can actually still be okay <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> when it happens?
1: Yeah, and I think that's what redemption is about. Sometimes we have to be intentional about how we redeem places. You know, maybe there's a... Um, well, here's one example. It's probably not specific to just me, but um, I, I don't know if I mentioned in our other ta- time together that uh, my sister and my brother um, were in a car accident about 10 years ago, approximately. Mm-hmm. And um, both of their kids were in the back seat and they were eight years old. And they both had put their shoulder harnesses behind their back because they were sleeping they were traveling to my grandma's funeral actually in idaho and they got run off the road and both of the kids severed their spinal columns when they impacted and so my brother's son and my sister's son are both paralyzed from the waist down and that happened on good friday and so for years we grieved i mean we would we knew that was coming we knew that was going to be a trigger and we were we were fearing and uh the upcoming good friday you know had nothing in our minds anymore to do with jesus or anything it was just like that was the day that this terrible terrible thing happened and a few years ago i remember talking to my sister and i it was like maybe the day before and i was saying, you know, how are you doing? Are you scared for tomorrow? And she's finally was like, you know what? No, I, I decided we're not going to grieve that anymore. Like we're going to, we're going to see it different now. We're going to celebrate that they're still alive. We're going to celebrate that they have, you know, their brains are working properly, that they, you know, we have a full life. It's just not how we wanted it. We intended it to be or think, dreamed it would be but we're gonna celebrate it from now on we're not gonna choose to do that and so i think sometimes we just have to choose to redeem it like i need to choose to pray a blessing on that town when i go through Mm. it and i need to choose to not live in fear but to pray for the people like You know, another example um, is, I think, also being open to God changing you like he he can only you have you might not be willing, but you can pray to be that God make you willing to be willing. Like for a long time, I wasn't willing at all to forgive those people. But after a while, I was like, God, I'm not willing, but I I'm open to you making me willing to be willing.
0: Uh
1: And then that was like the next stage. And then after a while, um, I I did actually have a list of people that I was like, I'm never talking to these people again, period, Mm. never again. And then after a while, that list became like, well, you know, if the right if it came up and I ran into them, maybe I would actually talk to them. And so I remember very clearly praying. You got to be careful what you pray for, too, because I said, Mm -hmm. all right, God. You know this specific person you know she's like borderline so i feel like i'm like willing i'm willing to be willing if if it should the opportunity present itself in your time and i see her i am willing to say make some sort of amends or at least you know and by that i mean like not walk right past her but like speak. so as god would have it the next day I was going for a walk in the park and who should be walking right at me, but this person and her husband. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And you know, I was with my husband and I was doing the like, turn around, turn around, let's turn around, let's go the other way. And he's like, we are not doing that. (laughs) So we walked past them. They didn't recognize us. So I was like, okay, I'm off the hook. Well, I realized we're like in a loop situation. So we're going (laughs) to pass them again. And, and that was when i was trying to talk my husband into like taking a side street you know and he's like mm-hmm. heather we are not running we are not doing that so as we came upon them again they recognize us and we stopped and talked for probably 20 minutes mm. and it was as if nothing had ever happened which in some ways obviously bothered me because i wanted you know like i imagined this apology or something but we right. just had a conversation right. and we moved on and that was that and i thought that was it was so huge just to not run and now if i see her i don't have to be have that fear i don't have when i hear her name i don't like turn inside out and cringe it's just like nothing it, it just was yeah. like a pressure valve relieved yeah. that angst so because I was willing to be willing and it doesn't happen overnight for sure. And our feelings don't have to match it necessarily. Sometimes we just gotta act as if until our feelings catch up with our actions, you know,
0: Mm. man, you know, I, first of all, thank you for sharing. Um, both of those stories and uh that's it really kind of shows the spectrum of how this this stuff works you know on the one hand Mm -hmm. you have something so devastating as you know being in this horrible accident where your children are paralyzed um and you know then on the on the other hand we have a, a story of um you know some people in your life that uh you know treated you wrongly and how it affects you, you know, negatively and, and all of that. And you know, so these things show up or can show up in so many different areas. And what you're saying there about willingness is, I, I really think it's really so profound because um, you, you mentioned before you said progress, not perfection. And we mm-hmm. have to remember that, that there's a process for these things. And, and, and I don't think, you know, it kind of reminds me of, of the guy who said to Jesus, you know, I believe, help my unbelief. You know, Mm -hmm. there is this willingness to get beyond his unbelief. But there was also this recognition or this honesty of the fact that, like, I don't believe everything like I don't believe fully. Mm -hmm. I believe uh, I believe in part (laughs) I believe some stuff. I don't necessarily believe this, but I'm willing to, you know, put my Mm -hmm. preconceived ideas or thoughts or whatever aside Mm -hmm. so that you can impact my life in this way. And I, I really do think that God honors that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that what God has a hard time with is the hardness of heart that says, I refuse to forgive this person. I refuse mm-hmm. to let this go. I think that that's where we really have a hard time. One of the things that I say is that um, offense um, offenses, oh, they if they're not dealt with, they, they breed unbelief. Mm-hmm. So if, if I'm offended at somebody and I'm allowing that to become something that festers, and it becomes something that leads me to, to you know, I'm, I'm not forgiving. I'm resenting this person. There's bitterness in my life. Those things, as we've been saying, they really do tend to spread and expand in our life to so the point that I think that uh, it will eventually come to the conclusion of me blaming God for things that obviously are not his fault, of me like holding things against God and and being unwilling to open my life to him. Uh, in a way where he, where I can really experience joy and intimacy and, and uh, you know, really, yeah, just life, life with Jesus. Right. And so if I'm unwilling to give these things up and to let these things go, then, you know, I think that that's ultimately what that leads to. Is it not not just this one person that I have a problem with? but it really has, can eventually spill over into so many other areas of my life where now I'm treating other people badly and and just doing different things right and so that willingness and 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 I think that you know like if you're you know day 1 you're at this place where you just are making a decision that I'm going to be willing to become willing to forgive that doesn't sound like this you know super high watermark of faith right it just mm-hmm. sounds like god i'm i'm willing to not fight you openly on this anymore <laughs> yeah, right yeah but then I, like the work I of the holy spirit in my life i'm inviting the work of the holy spirit in my life to bring that change to my heart because i can't change my heart on my own the holy spirit has to do it and yeah. so it's you know what i mean and so I, again i i just think uh, what you what you explained there is uh is really powerful and it's a it's a really truly practical way to walk freedom out in our lives, where not from one moment to the next. Like I can make the decision. I can say, God, I choose to forgive this person. But then tomorrow I might wake up and hear that person's name. And then all of a sudden it it sets me off again. And it's not like, oh, crap, God's mad at me because because it's like, no, let me let me go back to God again with this and say, God, I made this decision yesterday. I'm going to make this decision again today. And I think it's Mm -hmm. like decisions over a period of time that kind of produces that repetition and muscle memory (laughs) that allows us to get to that point of really uh, like, like what you said, I can, I can talk to this person. I can hear this person brought up in a conversation and there's nothing within me that's twisting and turning because I'm free. Yeah.
1: Yeah, You don't feel that angst and that desire to, um, get your two cents in about their character or whatever. Um, I think that, uh, There, a a few years ago, I read a book. If I have you ever read the books by Shauna Nyquist, who is Bill Heibel's daughter, and she wrote Cold Tangerines and Bittersweet, and it's it's reminds me a little Uh, bit of my book, have not probably how some of my writing got developed, but it's kind of short little essays. Um, and she talks about she had one called I think it was just called On the Hook, and it talked about how when with our forgiving people, our forgiveness that we have to let people off the hook we have. And sometimes it's more like a, almost a physical or visualization of taking someone off the hook. And (laughs) tomorrow you, they might be on the hook again. And sometimes you have to take them off the hook day after day after day and let them off the hook. And it doesn't make their behavior I, mean, I think that's one of the things that's a misnomer is we think that by forgiving somebody, we're saying their behavior is acceptable. And that's right. not it. We're not saying what you did is okay. We're not saying it's acceptable. We're just saying, I don't want to hold on to this because it's hurting me. I'm doing this really to alleviate what's on my heart, whether or not they receive your forgiveness or um, know you. That, you know, like I said most of them aren't thinking about you at all you're mm-hmm. the only one thinking about how much they've done and how bad they are they're not it's not infringing on their life whatsoever <laughs> you're the one suffering so you have to let them off the hook so you can stop suffering you can stop mm-hmm. the bleeding in your own life not mm-hmm. it's not for them it's for you
0: yeah and, and I do I do think that there are times where God just really does a, a quick supernatural kind of a work and changes our perspective, you know, and changes our heart on something. And it never bothers you again, you know, but but I think that a lot of times um, that it is a is a process to walk out. And however it happens, it's still progress toward experiencing greater freedom and it should be celebrated, you know, and Mm -hmm. it shouldn't be this thing like, oh, like I suck at this. I'm so bad. I forget like 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 come on, like it's (laughs) you've got you do have human emotions that are involved in there and you have hurts and wounds. And that shouldn't be um, an excuse to not forgive. But at the same time, I think. As, as much as it's it becomes necessary to let other people off the hook, sometimes let yourself off the hook sometimes too, and recognize that, like, you know, not, not, in, not off the hook in terms of this is not your responsibility, but off the hook in terms of, you know, stop beating yourself up. Like if you don't mm-hmm. do it right, you know, the first time, because right. as much as like, like maybe you've had years of, th- there is something really powerful about, about repetition and doing something over and over again. And, and mm-hmm. maybe you have years of like, like just letting this stuff just infiltrate your mind and your thoughts and it and it just you know years of responding in, in a unhealthy way again like supernaturally God can do anything and take that away in a moment but um, it, oftentimes it's this it is a process of of repetition one of the things that that you know I've just seen over and over in my life has been you know I, I can get, I can get I can become anxious, worried about things in a moment, you know, and there's certain things that'll that'll set me off. And one of the things that uh, I am not even I'm not even gonna use the word perfect. I'm not even good at it. I'll I'll just say that. But but uh, but I've gotten better, right? Like you talked about narrowing that that gap, narrowing the distance that the time that it takes for me to shift from being worried to or, you know, shift from doing this to responding to God, on the other hand, like, those, those. I'm, I'm closing the gap, right, with the help of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, but you know, like kind of shifting from that place of like I can be worried about this, and if I'm worried about something like money, finances, whatever, like that can lead me to like all the pity party type stuff of oh, like what about this, and I don't have money for this, and this never works out. Like, or instead of doing all that, I can kind of change the way I respond to that thing. And I can become grateful for what I have and grateful for what God has done and grateful for what God's doing and grateful for his promises for my future. And you know what I mean? And and for me, gratitude and just being intentionally thankful has been um, just like the, the thing that I can point to probably above anything else. That's just helped me to kind of shift my my thinking, shift my perspective to kind of get myself out of, you know, darkness, so to speak. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I think I think becoming intentionally choosing it's kind of like intentionally choosing to pray for that person that you feel like you hate right now, intentionally choosing to seek their betterment in some way. Right. And uh, and I find that in my life with all kinds of things that if I'll just be be intentional about being thankful, intentional about just praising God, worshiping God recognizing aspect of his character, you know, in the midst of something negatively that that that's affecting my mind that very, very quickly, you know, sometimes it takes longer than others. But but in in um, relative terms, very, very quickly, I can kind of begin to to shift the, the way that my mind is thinking. And the more that you do that repetition, the more that you do that, the more you train yourself The way you train your subconscious mind and everything else to kind of automatically respond Mm -hmm. in a in a good way, as opposed to, you know, in one of these destructive ways.
1: Yeah, no, I love that because, you know, when you think about right now, everyone kind of talking books and sermons and everywhere you go, the people are in the world also just talking about how the neural pathways and how we can Mm -hmm. retrain and reroute our thoughts and our negative thinking and retrain our brains. And that's really, I think a lot of what it is, it's the Holy Spirit's help, but also what we think about, we bring about kind of thing. So if we're praying every day for somebody to have all the good things in their life that you have in yours, eventually, that's going to be a go to strategy when you start feeling hateful feelings or jealous feelings comparing other people, you know, um, I'm in real estate world. I sit on a team with a lot of people selling a lot of houses. It's really hard to not Mm. sit there and think, well, she sold three houses this weekend. How come I can't sell three houses? What's wrong with me? And, and instead of just being like, good job, I'm so glad you sold three houses, Mm. you know, instead of it coming back to why can't I have what you have? Why didn't I get the blessings that you're getting? Um, which can, you know, you just retrain your brain to respond by doing it over and over and over, and I think that's yeah. um, a really profound way to uh, to view it. Is that we just you do it whether you feel it or not. You pray, you ask for them to. Have all the good things in their life, you know, even if it's <laughs> through gritted teeth. And uh, yeah, like that's... my friend, I said, she used to say, you know, I'm, I'm, I celebrate the fact that I don't pray anymore. God, help them go to heaven tonight. Like it used to be, that was the only prayer I could come up with for that person was help them go to heaven tonight. And, and I remember her telling me that because she was telling me to pray for these people. And I was like, oh, well, I don't even pray that look at me, you know, I'm making, I'm doing good. I'm not praying to have them go to heaven tonight. You know, mm. I am I'm, I'm a little further down the road than that. And so there was at least a little celebration that that wasn't the prayer I was praying. Um, I, uh, when well, you're saying something else, I was thinking it could be a whole podcast in and of itself, but probably a lot of these could, For um, sure. yeah
0: yeah no that's that's so good that's so good that 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 whole thing about celebrating with people um mm-hmm. when you don't want to it's such a big deal because it 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 shifts it shifts everything it shift you know it just shifts the way that we think it changes it changes mm-hmm. our perspective you know you do that enough times man because mm-hmm. it, well, it's
1: not about you then it's about it get your yes. ego out of there get your yes. i deserve this mentality and that self focused selfish, self-seeking, self-serving mindset. And that's oh, that's one of the things that I think when you were talking, I thought about um, Oswald Chambers is an author I read a lot and in my utmost for his highest, he talks about um, I think it was even about forgiving people, but that instead of seeing it as something that we do because we're that we love other people unconditionally or that we forgive other people, That we don't do it because that's what we've learned to do. We do it because the way Jesus did it and the way God does it is that because it's in our nature to do so.
0: Yeah. Like if
1: our focus is becoming more like Christ, then it's our nature to forgive. And so it's almost easy because we're like, oh yeah, that's who I, that's just who I am. It has nothing to do with how you've offended me personally as a, as Heather, it's, but I'm a Christ follower and I'm trying to live as much like Jesus as I can. And it's his nature is to forgive. His nature is he's already forgiven you before you have even done it. He's already forgiven that thing. And that puts me in a whole different position too, is that I'm trying to be humble and be react the way Jesus would. And he's already forgiven them before they ask. Um, you know, so I love that it's in, because it's in our nature to do so. And Mm. I want that to be my nature. And that's where I need to put my focus. We get caught up in the details of how to do it. I don't think we need to worry so much about the details. We just need to focus on having the nature of God in us. And then those other things just kind of fall into place.
0: Come on. Yeah. (laughs) So good it's so good yeah if 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 i've got a if i've got a big yes for jesus then like Mm -hmm. these other issues that come up as far as like oh am i going to forgive this person i don't have to even think about that because it's it's already settled you know
1: and it's not Like, like you can't i have a real problem with uh i have never let my kids say this like i barely let my kids say so with the word hate like i feel like as a christ follower you cannot hate anybody you can't use that word period and um i knew with those people i was bordering on hate and that really really bothered mm. me because i'm like i know for a fact that is not in god's nature to do that mm-hmm. and i mean i barely let my kids say they hate bro- broccoli you know like no yeah. we don't say we don't say yeah. hate that's like our big thing we don't say <laughs> hate we don't say hate about anything and uh because it's that same thing. It's like, that's not an option. You can't hate somebody. Jesus would never hate anybody. Jesus would never not forgive anybody. It's a non-negotiable. It's not, like I said, it's not a if or can't or how long. It's just when are you or how maybe are you going to get to the place where you can do this? And sometimes it's just choosing to do it and then waiting for the feelings to catch up Mm. because they they probably will if you continue to do it but they might not be there right away
0: yeah yeah heather carter ladies and gentlemen (laughs) appreciate your time heather i've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation it was so good and uh really edifying for me personally and uh, appreciate it. If, if you could um, point people uh, before we wrap up here um, to where they can find your books, your website, any anywhere that, uh, that you'd like to uh, mention there.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yes, my website is heathercarterwrites.com. And that's probably the best place to go because you can order my books through that. You can preview some of the blog posts. There's about four or five it's a lot of big difference four or five hundred ish blogs on there and two probably 300 of them are encapsulated in my first book and my second book and then there's another stray hundred or so blogs that aren't in a book yet so um you can the thing i love about my website the way my gal designed it is that i categorize all the posts that i write and so if you go and scroll down first of all you can sign up so that any new ones come to you in an email if you're not a big get on the facebook get on facebook or instagram kind of thing but all the blogs are categorized Uh, so if you are struggling on a particular day with forgiveness there's ones in there on for there's forgiveness, resentment, um, mm. turbo resentments, all that good stuff. But you can go to those categories, and then everything I've ever written, which is a lot, in those categories, is you can read in you know ten different posts. So it, okay. I think it's helpful, you know, if you're struggling with control or comparison, worry, fear, um, surrender, all that good stuff, you can just go click on that category and then read everything I've ever written about those topics. So
0: that's super helpful.
1: um, Yeah. And then, you know, I actually have started doing these new, this is kind of a new thing. Um, they're called soul selfie soirees and it's typically designed for women. Um, probably at churches or other kinds of venues, but they're like an interactive, um, like three hour, conference if you will so i speak for maybe 40 minutes but then we break up and then we read it's kind of like a book club in a large setting so we read i read a blog post and then we each table discusses it around the group and then i read another one and then there's discussion but i've done a couple of them and it's actually pretty cool because you'd be surprised how many people will share if they're simply given a turn
0: because the way we do it is
1: everyone has a turn and you know if you don't give people a turn big mouth people like me talk the whole time and people who are quiet or don't talk or don't share <laughs> so we cut to the chase with topics like resentment or comparison and people have some pretty intense feelings about those things um so um you know if you know of anybody who is wanting to do something like that, Um, I'm just launching those. So I have a few on my calendar, but, you know, and it's also three hours. So it's not like a whole day where I think anymore it's too hard to get someone to commit to a whole day of anything. Sure. So it could be like a Friday night, Saturday morning, Sunday afternoon kind of thing. So that's I'm excited about about doing some of those this next year.
0: Yeah, no, it's super cool. That's super cool. Um, Well, yeah. Thank you again, Heather, again, for your time. And uh, thank you everybody for taking the time to check out this episode. Uh, I pray that it blessed you, challenged you, encouraged you, made you think or something like that. Um, If it did, if you would consider, if you're listening to this on one of the podcast platforms, um, subscribing, sharing, or uh, leaving a review, that would be amazing. Appreciate you guys so much. And uh, again, Heather, I feel like I could just, I could keep talking to you like all I day. know, we've, we're just <laughs> we could getting keep started.
1: We, we got, keep we got stuff.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah we'll, um, we'll definitely do it again for sure.